1800s, the Wild West was a place that was void of God's law and every man did what was right in his own eyes. More than 95% of Americans lived in places with fewer than 2,500 inhabitants. By 1830, the distance of the prairie needed circuit riders to spread God's word. Some called them saddlebag preachers. These were a different kind of clergy, used to long, dusty roads and lonely, empty spaces. They rode from church to church on horseback. These days, many of those same places still have less than 2,500 folk. The men and women who are called there are still a different breed of clergy. The needs are different, but the call to reach men and women with the message of Christ is still the same. In the spirit of these circuit riders, we aim to meet a few of those specific needs. Welcome to the Circuit Rider Podcast. Here are your hosts. Welcome to the Circuit Riders Podcast. My name is Doug Rutledge, and I will be the host today. Uh, Steve did a great job last week, and we just wanted to we wanted to give everybody an equal shot at uh, hosting. I got I don't fired. Know why we would do that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not so much fired. Just uh, we talked about him behind his back, and Mike and I decided we we wanted to try it. Uh, today we're going to talk about avoiding the Donner Pass during this critical time. Where do we? put our feet down as rural ministry leaders. Pastors are asking all the time, how do I decide how to emerge from COVID, where to land on the race riots? Where, how do we, if you think about it, two months ago, we were talking about gay marriage and how that was splitting the church. We talk about the upcoming election and how politics splits the church. Where do you put your feet down these days? So today, the circuit riders are going to talk about that. Uh, let's face fact, we aren't experts in this. So when we come to these questions, we didn't take a Bible college course on how to mediate between politically hot topics. And here we are stuck mediating between congregations that are divided on just about every issue. To come make them more complex, we've been divided by distance. So there isn't even the face-to-face. Social media is our best friend and our worst enemy right now. So I'll just introduce the guys again, Steve. uh, We'll start with you then, Mike. Go ahead and introduce yourself. And I'll kick it off with this question. What is it we're supposed to put our feet down on and how do you even begin the conversation of what do we do next? There's my question. Steve, Mike Bullet. That is a, a tough question. I... You know, I was thinking about that First Chronicles twelve thirty two, where it talks about the the men of Iscar. You know, they understood the times and knew what Israel should do. Oh my, we have lots of experts, but not a lot of prophets. I mean, in in by the way, Steve McVay, Dirt Rose Network, Atana twenty eight, Lamont, Kansas, and the the magnitude, the weight of this. We have we probably have to have just that honest conversation on what it's like to be a rural pastor today, because. Just as, as you're trying to figure out, I've, you know, we've got people that think that wearing a mask means that you're a slave of the state, and people that think if you don't wear a mask that you obviously do not love people, and, and just go down through any other list and you know, any, bring up any subject, and people within our flock, within our congregation, they just, they fundamentally disagree with each other, and, and I think we have this, like, this assumption that if someone else is a believer in Jesus, then surely they see every other single thing exactly like we do. And if they don't, they might not be 
spiritually mature, or they might not really know Jesus that well. And, and here I am, I'm a rural pastor working a, a full-time job somewhere, trying to figure out how we buy enough hand sanitizer. And I go on Facebook and all of a sudden I see people within my congregation fighting with each other on Facebook about something that I wasn't, like you said, I wasn't trained how to deal with. Have you been seeing that, Michael, in, in your circles? Oh, constantly. Let me introduce myself again, Michael Houle from Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Um, we are in the northwest part of Wisconsin. Just uh, if you're wondering, because Wisconsin, you know, it's really just, if you talk around people around here, it's just the south part of Wisconsin, people know. Um, the reason I share that is when we feel isolated, social media makes us talk to people that aren't there. Like, it's really easy. We say things on social media that we wouldn't say anyplace else. And I see that across the board in my church community and um, other pastors are talking out and reaching out to me that it's easy to get angry on social media, isn't it? It's easy to struggle with that. Mm -hmm. And I think the big thing I want to just address what Steve was talking about is what does that mean for us as pastors? Like how do we delve into that and be Jesus? Because I think so often we're left with a binary choice, you know, red, blue, left, right, up, down, Packers, Bears, that's what we talked about in Wisconsin, you know, or Vikings, Packers, got to have those type of conversations. We have, that's controversial in our church. But in reality, what do we do? We get lost in binary choices because Jesus never bought into a binary choice. He was always yeah. a third way person on earth when he walked the earth. As a savior, he was just the third way. He gives us the Jesus way. And I think for us, we're left with how do we take care of ourselves in that? Doug, what do you think? Like, what can we do to take care of ourselves in this moment? And be, be the Jesus way. You know, I think uh, Doug Rutledge, Reading Michigan, uh, we work with a cooperative outsourced rural youth ministry. So that's what we do. Uh, and you'd think that the political climate doesn't necessarily hit youth ministry, but it does. I guess what I would say is spiritual care becomes critical when you're being assaulted. And that's what happens with extremely passionate people uh, who have strong opinions about whatever the issue is. For me, first of all, I think you don't enter the fray without praying for God's guidance. And as I'm going to say that not, not um, illegitimately. I'm going to say that as a true guideline here. If we're not on our knees, we are missing God's guidance. So, you know, just come to the book of James. And I'm going to kick this off with a, with a, reference that I think speaks to today. Uh, so James chapter one, it says, if any of you lack wisdom, oh boy, I lacked wisdom before there were 10 million social issues I had to speak into. So now if any of you lack wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. This is where we are because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. And I contend that pastors feel blown and tossed. And I, I, I want you to be encouraged, not discouraged if you're listening. But we need to be at the feet of Jesus, begging him for legitimate answers to these crises. I, I think it comes down to that. I'm amazed how many people launched prayers, nightly prayers, daily prayers, devotionals, but they're over now. People aren't still doing that. And the truth is we need to be on our knees, especially as pastors. If our congregations do that, then they'll be unified in the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I really believe that. This is a spiritual war to tear our churches to shreds. And people are not spiritually mature enough to believe the 
the right answer isn't what God's after here. That, you know, I, I guess that's that's yeah. my thing, Steve. What do you think? Well, it does. It does feel like the Donner Pass. I mean, because yeah. it's like you go down. If it feels like any road I go down is going to lead to a challenge, and and so I absolutely agree with the James one that we we have to begin with prayer. And what we want to do is we want to acknowledge, okay, because we we work with a lot of rural pastors. I think it's broader than rural pastors. I think this one, Mm -hmm. there's some rural, there's a rural dynamic to this, but pastors and churches in general, you know, we, we truly believe there are spiritual forces that are coming against the church. I mean, that's, we, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. I mean, there is one, there's a roaring lion seeking to devour. And here we are, it's like a one, two, three punch. I've got to close my church or, you know, I quit having Sunday morning. Then there's this technical challenge of how do you work that back up? How do you start again? And then immediately you're into millions of different opinions about how to start again. And the next thing you know, there are things on TV about race that a lot of us in rural America, we feel separated from, but we're not. I mean, you know, it's right. And so here we are completely wore out. Pastors who haven't been taking care of themselves, taking, you know, Sabbaths and days off and all that kind of stuff completely wore out trying to launch their services, relaunch their services. And now they have people in their church arguing over whether or not there's such a thing as white privilege. We want to just, can we say, we feel you? Can we start with that? We feel you? I would say absolutely. And I think the interesting part, I think for all of us is the self-care sounds so basic, but, but we really do. You know, I think when we talk about pastoral care, we always assume it's caring for others, but pastor, what are you doing to care for yourself? Yeah, because if you're not finding the margins to take care of yourself and not just spiritually, but your family and, you know, your marriage, your children, if you have them. And what does that look like? Because I think for a lot of us, we're stuck in a mode right now where we haven't been designed. We're in a crisis mode that we were never made to like live in, in terms of this. We're living yeah. in a spiritual warfare. We're experiencing the dynamic of what it really is. And we're seriously, like, we need wisdom and we need Jesus's discernment. But that means that we have to think differently because our bodies right now are reacting to this. So like we're on social media and, you, and you've seen this, I think, as a pastor out there, all of us, that they're doing one of three things on social media. One, they're angry. They're extremely yeah. angry and they're angry oh, yeah. in the emails sent to you maybe or the Facebook messengers or the texts. They're angry. They're angry at somebody or something. They're angry at a virus. They don't know if they believe exists or not, but they're mad. Second... <laughs> They're, well, they don't. I mean, they're like, they're mad. Yeah. They're mad at something. Oh, right. Yeah. They yell at, like, so the messenger gets shot. And unfortunately for a lot of pastors, because they're kind of mad at God. We won't get into that too far, but they're kind of mad at God. And they don't know how to express that. So they're going to shoot the messenger. So they're angry. That's one. Or two, they have constant anxiety and fear. They want to run. They want to run so fast. I've had more pastors say to me, my new dream scenario is a cabin in the woods, not even by a lake anywhere, in the woods with no ability to contact or hear anybody the rest of my life. I've heard that statement way more than I can believe. That's the fantasy now. That's the dream, a cabin with nobody around. So they want to run. And so you see that anxiety on, on, on Facebook by the anxious posts and the nervousness and the, the world is coming to the end. Or third, they're, they're silent. They're froze. They don't even know what to do. They're just like, they're froze. And by the way, those three things God has given us when a bear is chasing us down the road, not, or in the woods, not meant to live in this for 90 days. So I think we have to ask right. ourselves, we have to ask ourselves where we're at in those things and yeah. ask for Jesus to come in. And that means self-care. 
pulling ourselves out of the anxious systems that we're living in and looking down from it and realizing that we don't have to take the step to be this or that. But what would Jesus do is a legitimate question right now. And how do we become closer to Jesus? Because when I want to be in Jesus' will, I have to be close to him to be in his will, to know what he wants. That's the only way this works, as Doug mm -hmm. said. Doug, what are your thoughts on that? I, you know, it's interesting. I think that we have to speak hard things these days. I, I don't think we run away from the issues, but, but they are not politically driven statements. That, that's such a fine line. You know, how do I emerge? This person feels this way. This person feels this way. How do I deal with racial tensions? This person feels this way. This person feels... And it's so extreme. No, nobody can walk those two lines. You, you, have to, you have to be a minister of the gospel of peace. And that's a phrase that we talked about in, in advance of this. The gospel of peace is not going to pick a side. The gospel of peace is going to be a mediator between the sides. And it, I think this is a great demonstrator of where our congregations are spiritually in terms of maturity. They're more interested in being right than being a body. And maybe it's time to start preaching about the body of Christ again. Maybe it's time to talk about speaking the truth in love but not my opinion in passion. Totally different thing. I, I just think it's so interesting. It's a, it's a perfect storm. We got hit with one, then we got hit with another, then we're getting hit with another. And I'm telling you, we need to preach that these divisive political battles are, are dividing the church of Christ. Yeah, Mike, what? what? I was just going to say that's exactly right. I, it's like we... We have to be the gospel peace. I, Jesus tells us, blessed are the peacemakers because they are the children of God. And are we being the children of God? Are we, and I've challenged people, pastors, like, are we being the light of Christ? Are we the light in the darkness? You know, and I, I had one of my friends say, what level of Jumanji? I haven't seen the movies of Jumanji, but level of Jumanji we're on. That's the joke now. What, what book of Revelation are we on right now? Which chapter of Revelation are we on? But, you know, I think just that reality of taking offense, Steve, you have a story about that, don't you? One, a rural pastor quite successful in the has gone through some fence with that as well. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, Mike, I, we yeah. have, we, we've heard lots of stories. I cannot begin to tell you the stories about how people have been really, really offensive in the way that they've handled this. But one, one story, I can't even use names. I don't, I don't know that I even have permission to tell the whole story. But there was a, a rural pastor who they, they took their first steps towards meeting again. And they did it with a drive-in service. And at their very first service, one of their one of their longtime members who has, was just really upset that they had stopped a meeting at all, shows up with a copy of the Constitution, insisting that part of that be read. And when the pastor said, "No, we're going to read the Bible," imagine that. I'm going to read the Bible. That the, the guy pronounces, "Well, you know, you have now led this church to become a slave of the state," and and sped off. And, and here this pastor is, you, it begin, you begin to wonder, do we even want to come together again? I mean, how on earth, in a, in a world where everyone is getting so offended about everything, and you've talked, Mike, about fight, flight, freeze, cabins, yeah. how, how do we lead effectively when we don't even know? Do we want to come together? I, I think there are two principles to just throw in, and, uh, you know, both are scriptural, but the first thing is that the weaker brother passage works for both sides because both sides consider themselves to be the stronger brother. <laughs> you know, I'll throw you a bone because you are definitely the weaker brother. 
doesn't matter if I'm living with that as a concept. Look, I don't care what you think politically, regard them as the weaker brother and treat them according to scripture. You don't have to be right on this. The second thing, and I love this statement, I don't know where I, where I heard it. it, it's to not take my own offense too seriously. And second of all, don't take offense for someone else. I don't have the right to carry the offense of someone else. So we are getting bombarded by secondhand opinions and passions. We need to back away from that. And we need to back our people away from that and draw them back to the peacemaking God in Jesus Christ, who is our mediator. That's, that's not going to satisfy anyone on the fringe unless they come to center with Christ. We're under attack. This is a spiritual attack. We, we truly are. And here's the thing. So we've given some uh, advice. We've talked about, okay, prepare yourself spiritually, dive deep, yep. be close to Jesus, stick with the gospel, the gospel of yeah. peace. You know, and we know when we lean into Jesus, some people are going to think that we're leaning left and some are going to think we're leaning right, but we lean into Jesus anyway. And we, we want to be people of peace. We want to be that mediator. I, we did not talk about this question before, guys, but this is like a real podcast. So we're just going to like ask it. Let's say we have a pastor sitting here at the table with us who knows that even though they're well-grounded spiritually and they're preaching the gospel of peace, that they have people. And, and, and let's be honest about their church. Us rural pastors often, I mean, you lose one family that is a solid supporter. You're losing their financial resources. You're losing the ministry that they do. You're losing children's workers and youth workers and all that kind of stuff. And they are upset maybe with you because you haven't agreed with them, or maybe they're upset with another family in the church over something like mask or white privilege, or is coronavirus even real? And, and what we're saying is get close to Jesus, lean into the gospel and be a person of peace. And they're thinking, you know, if I do all of that, my church is just going to be destroyed. You know, what would you say? There's always a remnant. I'm going to come back to that concept that uh, those who are scattered over division, uh, div, you know, divisive concepts, there will be a different core, a nucleus of people who are the remnant. And I know that that's uh, probably bad theology to throw back into the Old Testament for that. But I do think this, I, I think that we do need to lean hard into communicating across the board. And I think that means conversations. I think we, we start with our leadership core. Who are your leaders? Let's get them talking about the same concept. We need to come together around what the church is about, not political statements, not racial statements. Not, that's not silence. It is, it is carefully chosen, scripturally uh, selected paths. Let's go there. Get those leaders in, in that position. Then go to your influencers and pull them together around the cause of Christ. Look, this is still about people going to hell. This is still about people being lost in their sin. This is not about the so. I, look, we're socially about justice, but that's not what Jesus preached about. He was concerned about the kingdom of heaven. I, you know, sorry, I preached. Sorry. That was good, Doug. That was good. I, I think the truth of the matter is, is we teach ourselves to be better listeners first. I think yeah. that was the one thing is I've learned this is don't react right yeah. away. 
Just because yeah. that post popped up doesn't mean you have to respond. Just because that message shot to you, Pastor, from this, the family that probably is one of your top five givers or top three givers, let's be honest, that's where we're talking about here. Don't respond right away. Take time to listen to Christ and prayer and the word. Take time to listen to them. And instead of like making your opinion, hear what they have to say. Find the anxiety behind it. 90% of, 90% of people are angry about isn't what they're angry about. It's there's something behind their anger and experience the reality of their life. So be a good listener. Jesus is a good listener if you really pay attention. And, he, and ask good questions. Instead of like making an opinion, start with questions. Learn, be a learner. Like once we quit being learners, we're in trouble. And that's just in my opinion. It's like we learn to listen. And second, don't buy into the binary choice. Don't believe that that's the binary choice. Right. Find the way of Jesus. Find that third way. Like, like you said, Doug, what is the mission of our church? Who are we called to be? How are we reaching people for Christ? And if, and if we stay on mission, if we stay on who we are as missionaries in Christ for our community, I believe that changes that out. You, I'm not going to guarantee you'll keep that, that uh, family. I can't guarantee that. None of us can here. None of us can care if, you, if you don't respond. Even if you agree with them, you still might not keep them, believe it or not. There's a truth to that. Yeah. But in reality, if you can buy that, you can lay your head down at night and go, all right, I did what I did what I think Jesus wants me to do. And I think for all of us, that's what we're offering. It's the toughest question out there, Steve. I think you asked the, the deepest question out there because it's real. It's real for every pastor of what do I do when one of my top three, five most influential people, you know, this could cause a church split. Maybe it's not even take money. This could cause a church split. This could, this could shut our building down. This could be it. And I think the reality is if you take it one of a listener, you take the posture of Jesus and you don't fall to the binary choice, you have a good starting spot. And I think that's where we lean in. And I always ask people what's behind their anger. Because nine times out of 10, what they think they're angry about, because they'll say it, they really aren't angry about. You know, Steve, I've been thinking a lot about that lately, about, boy, don't fall into that trap. Don't get into that triangulation of that that moment yeah and and i want to push in just a little bit further and just speak to rural pastors for a second and say you know here's the other thing you are trying to reach a divided community and and some of some pastors may be listening to us right now and they're thinking well our church isn't divided at all well the reason is is because you've only accepted people just like you and so if they haven't agreed with you um you're pushing, you know, you've, you've become a monolithic group and you think you're standing for Jesus because you're a witness to your community. But here's the thing. There, there are people in all of these spectrums in our communities. And if you as a congregation, and, and so let's think about mission. We're missionaries. If we as a congregation can show the unity of spirit, even when there's not agreement about facts because like if you read Philippians chapter 2 it doesn't say agree with one another it says have the same submissive mind mm -hmm. where we're, we're yeah. putting others first if we as a congregation can demonstrate the love of Christ by this will all men know that you're my disciples not that you all agree with the same political agendas or agree about whether or not COVID-19 is real or I should wear a mask but we agree that Jesus is Lord and so we love one another and that brings a divided world to us they need what we have and so we need to make sure we have that and so our unity, if, if there's a way that I can communicate, if I can just become a missionary to my rural church and say to them, you know what, with our diverse opinions 
if we can demonstrate love and unity, we actually have something to offer our divided town or rural area. Yeah, Become the light guys, I, I'm hearing the uh, I'm hearing the cows come home, which gives us our wrap up cue. Uh, so I want to throw this back to you and just say you're going to give pastors one thing, one thing that they can constructively do today that will help set the stage for their church coming back together in unity. One thing, you got one thing they're going to do, they're going to work on this today. What is it? Oh, wow. <laughs> Michael and I are both going to point at each other. That is a, I, I honestly believe that what I just said is the word of the day for, for some of us that we, when, when someone comes to me and they say, I'm, or when I, I, catch that they're going to leave. Because rural people, first of all, when they leave, oh my goodness, the cows have come home. I can't go down this road too far. When rural people leave <laughs> a church, it very seldom is, hey, pastor, I'm leaving the church for these reasons. Okay, you know. But when I sense that, the mission can unify us. And, and, if, and honestly, just look at someone squarely in the eye today who's going off and just say, you realize that if you can love that person who disagrees with you and demonstrate Christian unity, then we may have something to offer our divided world. I mean, that's maybe, maybe it's that statement of courage that needs to be done this week. I, I would say the one thing I'd offer is we need to be more generous with our time, our talent, our love, our listening, our treasure. We'd be an Acts 242 church. And once we're the Acts 42, Acts 242 church, I think that's what people will notice. And we, we, we can press into things we can agree. There are things we agree on. And I think that's what we're all trying to say here. The common ground is true in Christ. And we need to land there. So that's the one thing, Pastor. Find the things that your town needs. Focus on that. And you bring people back to that. And that's why known by your love and by your light. Yeah, I, I guess I'll throw in my last two uh, minutes here. You can contact all of us uh, online. Uh, through our emails and we'll be posting those links and there'll be other opportunities as well. We want to hear from you. So please get back in touch with us. Uh, you know, pastor, maybe the answer is you pick up the phone, you call one of those dissentious members and say, Hey, I want you to know that I love you and I'm committed to you. And uh, we may not agree, but we're going to work it out because I, I love you and we're part of the same body and we're going to figure this out. Will you help me figure it out? Will you help me walk the steps of a mediator and uh, let's, let's bring peace and unity. And maybe the phone call that you make might be the critical step to, to reemerging and uh, walking over this field of landmines. So for this, for the writers, Mike, thank you. Thanks for being here. Thanks, yeah. Doug. Yeah. And Steve, uh, I guess I'll cap it with that and we will, we'll talk to you soon. The Circuit Riders would like to thank our partners for their interest in assisting rural leaders. Rich Roast Custom Coffee, supporting rural missionaries with a wide variety of delicious worldwide coffees. Our friends at ThinkOrange.com, wanting to join your team to help you create a better experience this week for kids and teenagers. Katrina at CrossroadsFarm.org. Vineyard Small Town USA. Vineyard Small Town USA, equipping churches to plant in small towns across America. Disciples of Jesus, making disciples. MultiplyVineyard.org slash Small Town USA. Crossroads Farm, 
working alongside of rural remote churches to provide an outsourced cooperative youth ministry that really works. CRF, loving the rural team. www.crossroadsfarm.org Dirt Roads Network, transforming rural America by planting and revitalizing life-giving churches in small towns and communities. www.dirtroadsnetwork.com For more information about the Circuit Riders or any of these partners, check out our Facebook page or contact them on each of their websites. On behalf of the Riders, I'm Carl Miller saying, until the next Circuit Riders podcast next week, happy trails. Happy trails.